the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. There are two sides to every story. There's the mainstream media side, and then there's the truth. You are experiencing the truth. The Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The Answer. If you add all the costs of all these new programs Biden has, has already passed and has proposed this year, plus the $6 trillion budget, that is more money adjusted for inflation. You ready for this? Than the money we spent to yeah. finance the Revolutionary War, the Civil War, World War One, World War Two, the Intercontinental Continental Rail System, the Interstate Highway System, Blah. and the moon landing, all in one. That is an astounding way to look at the spending wishes of the uh, far-left Biden administration and Democrat-controlled Congress. That was the voice of Steve Moore, former Trump economic advisor on the Fox Business Channel, and he is kind enough to join us now with more in-depth, another in-depth look, rather, uh, at this uh, spending wish list on AM 1420, The Answer. Steve, thanks for the time. Good morning. Hey, Bob, good morning. By the way, I, I knew that voice sounded familiar. <laughs> it was... Uh, it, it, but it is true, by the way, that everything, when you add all the spending that Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi and, and, uh, and Chucky e. Schumer are talking about this year, if they get their way, we will spend more money than we spend on every war, from the Revolutionary War through the Cold War, plus building the interstate highway system, plus the transcontinental railroad, plus, plus putting a man on the moon. So uh, these are dangerous times. These people are completely out of control right now. They have to be stopped. I'm running a big coalition called... Uh, save the country, uh, kill the bill. Uh, we don't need it. It's going to do severe damage to our economy and our children. Um, and small businesses, by the way, small businesses get clobbered by these new taxes and regulations. So, uh, but the good news is I've got some good news to report to you. I mean, the Democrats are in a circular firing squad right now on Capitol Hill. They can't get their act together. It's a, it's a big train wreck. Uh, they have four bills they have to pass. They have to pass a budget, a normal budget, which they passed a temporary one yesterday. Then they have to pass their trillion-dollar infrastructure bill, which is really a Green New Deal bill. And then they have to pass their $5 trillion big debt bill. And then they have to raise the debt ceiling. So, And they're nowhere on all of these things. So there's a lot of disarray. That's a good thing, because the less this Congress does, the better. Well, Steve, I'm a little confused, to be 100% honest with you here, how you can speak in such absolutes and how you can be so negative about something that costs zero, particularly the $3.5 <laughs> trillion dollar bill exactly. that, that we've been told know, by Joe free. Biden, it's, Joe Biden, Jen Psaki, I, I the Washington right, Post, at hey, zero. I know. Thank you for correcting me. It is all free, folks. We're going to have free health care and free child care and free kindergarten and free prenatal care. And free, uh, if you don't pay your student loans, that's okay. We'll pay them off for you. If you can't pay your rent, that's okay. We'll pay them off for you. If you can't feed your family, that's okay. We've increased food stamps. Everything is going to be free. Free burial services. Literally, as the, as the New York Times of all places said, this is cradle-to-grave dependency on government. And it's not going to cost you a penny. Doesn't that sound like one of those late-night shamsters uh, on TV who's trying to tell you? <laughs> and there's more. You get this for free. That's for free. 
But uh, I think that's actually the American people have been so disgusted by that. It's, it's, it's laughable, really, for the president to say, oh, we're going to spend $5 trillion and it's free. By the way, they're, they're, it's $5 trillion spending bill, not $3.5 trillion, because they used, uh, as, as Donald Trump might say, state bookkeeping. Um, but, uh, but their taxes raised about $2 trillion. So if my math is right, Bob, that's $5 trillion minus $2 trillion. That's, that's $3 trillion of deficit. $3 trillion. So this doesn't pay for itself, even if you believe the biggest lie of all, which is that only people who make more than $450,000 a year are going to pay more taxes. Uh, do you believe that one, Bob? Oh, are you kidding me? Uh, everybody in America is going to pay more taxes. Of course. And moreover, everybody in America is going to pay more for everything they buy. I mean, exactly. can you talk Can you talk about inflation? Can you talk, Steve, specifically? Let's talk about middle-class America. They're trying to tell you this is all about getting the wealthy to pay their fair share, which, of course, we know the wealthy already play, pays the overwhelming majority of taxes uh, and funds this government. But can you talk about middle-class America, Main Street America? What happens when they're employers and the manufacturers in this country face this massive tax hike and they start moving all of their uh, uh, their operations uh, overseas. What happens to right. middle-class America then? Well, uh, first of all, you know, as you probably know, I was, you know, one of the people who was uh, helped put together the Trump tax bill with the tax cut, which was um, lowering our tax rates so that more jobs would come to the United States rather than leaving the United States. Which uh, we were uncompetitive in our taxes, and boy, did it work. I mean, my God, I used to see Trump in the Oval Office. They'd say, sir, this is working better than we even thought it would. You know, we had the lowest unemployment rate ever. We had the, uh, the lowest poverty rate for blacks, Hispanics, whites, Asians, women, disabled people, <laughs> LGBTQs, you know, if they measure that. So it was an incredible success. Along with and higher wages? A lot of, sorry? I said along with higher wages for those jobs? And higher wages, exactly, and, and a lot of growth in the, and a lot of business development, and that's exactly what we wanted. As, as Trump said, you know, this is the first time in 50 years that we actually had, uh, you know, uh, factories moving from Mexico, Mexico City to Michigan, rather than from Michigan to Mexico City. So I don't understand the logic of this. I mean, we have an experiment. The left loves to talk about science. We have a scientific experiment to see whether the tax cut would would work. The left said no. We said it would, and, and it did work, and they still want to repeal it. Now they think that they're going to create a healthier economy by raising taxes on the United States uh, businesses. Small businesses would effectively pay the highest taxes in the world. Our, our, and by the way, our corporate tax, which you're not going to believe this, Bob, our ta- corporate tax under the Biden tax plan would be higher than the corporate tax in communist China. That's impossible. We're supposed to be the land of the free, folks. And communist country has lower taxes than we do. It is so ridiculous. It's so outrageous. And uh, this bill has to be stopped. It is. I've been in this business for a long time. I know you've been in the business a long time too. As but as an economic policy guy, I would say that for because I got to Washington in 1985, so that's been 35 years. This is, is nothing else comes close to this bill in terms of being the most damaging and destructive to our economy and our future than this bill. It must be stopped. It will cause huge, huge inflation. You're right about that, by the way. When you borrow and print money, folks, in the trillions of dollars, that leads to inflation. Just look at Argentina, look at Venezuela, look at Greece, look at, look at Zimbabwe. I mean, you know, it, when, when has this kind of policy of tax and spend ever worked anywhere? 
Well, what's even more uh, interesting is, you know, your counterpart or maybe your successor, if you will, in terms of being a presidential economic advisor, has admitted that inflation is here to stay. This spending bill, if this goes through, uh, this is this inflation is not going to be temporary. It's going to be very long lasting, and people are going to have to get used to lower wages if they keep their jobs at all. As I mentioned, because of all of the exporting of jobs, that's going to happen when corporations have to pay a, a corporate yep. tax rate of seven or eight or nine percent higher than what they were paying. But uh, but you know, yep. your dollars are going to your dollars are going to go, you know, uh, well, what's the opposite of going further? Instead of stretching your dollars further, they're shrunken to the point where you can't fill your grocery cart as much with $100 as you used to. That's right. And, and by the way, uh, you might not have heard the news because it just was released about an hour ago, but the uh, new consumer price numbers came out, and consumer prices went up by 0.4% in August. That's on an annualized basis over 5%. And so we've got roughly 5 to 6% inflation right now. Uh, and wages are going up by, you know, 3 to 4%. So, and I love this, you know, Biden's saying, look at wages, they're going up. Yeah, they're going up. But if your wage goes up by 4% and your cost of living goes up by 6%, you're losing money, Joe. I know I know you're not quite all with it, but, you know, that means you're losing 2% of your purchasing power. It means your paycheck, uh, what was it, remember in the 70s, they used to say, my paycheck won't, uh, you know, my take-home pay won't take me home. But this is, Putting, and, and you're so right to call this a tax. Inflation is a tax on middle and lower income people who live paycheck to paycheck. And nobody in Washington understands that because that's the swamp and everybody gets rich in the swamp. But for real Americans, inflation is the most unkind tax of all. Well, uh, you're right. It is exactly that. We're talking with Steve Moore, who knows exactly what he's talking about. He is a former Trump economic advisor. He is an economic policy expert. Jared Bernstein is the White House economic advisor I was oh, referring yeah. to. I know he told... By the way, he's not an economist. He's a sociologist. Uh, oh. And so, uh, you know, Jared has been, you know, he's a nice guy. I've known Jared for probably 25, 30 years, but he doesn't understand economics. He doesn't get the basics of it. He really believes, he was the one, by the way, who... Remember when, when, do you remember when um, Obama had his uh, shovel-ready projects and, and his, quote, stimulus bill? And he said, oh, it's going to create millions and millions of jobs. And, of course, there were not, no net jobs created by that because uh, the, the, uh, we just left the economy alone. And that's the point today. The economy's mending. Operation Warp Speed is the stimulus. Getting that vaccine out there, getting our businesses reopened, getting workers back on the job, that is the stimulus. The economy, we should actually be cutting government spending right now. We should be, that when you have a crisis like we had with COVID, you know, you spend to get through that. Now it's basically over. At least the economic harm of it is over. So now we should do what we normally do in, after crisis over, which is you start paying down the debt. What's incredible about what's happening in Washington right now is the crisis is over. We spent a lot of money and borrowed a lot of money during COVID. And now these idiots in Washington want to borrow another $6 trillion. I don't, I mean, it's, it's it, they are addicted to big government socialism. And I just don't think Americans have socialism in our DNA. We well, are a nation of free people. Yeah, their their addiction has gotten worse over time. Uh, it really has. I mean, this has been every administration, every Democratic administration. We know is going to be a tax and spend administration, and especially if they control the Congress as well. But this is far, far more than that. It is exactly what you just said. It is steps toward, uh, you know, you say socialism, I say Marxism. Maybe it's tomato, tomato. But but it is thing. what they're doing. They're all the same thing. They're just but, government controlling your life. By the way, have you ever heard about about the one uh, that they want to um, uh, have the government inspect? Every bank transaction. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. 
I banks mean, are banks incredible? are pushing back. Bank banks are saying we do not operate under the jurisdiction of the IRS. <laughs> They're saying we will not right. do it. But 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 the idea that they can even ask for it in the bill is 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 staggering. Uh, demanding it to is. know what's in your private bank account and that the banks turn over your records to them so that they can more meticulously audit and and decide what kind of money you have coming in and how much of it they should claim as their own. I mean this this is unprecedented. It it really is and and. Uh... The audacity of this is really incredible. It's not going to be a problem for the IRS because Joe Biden, in his in his five trillion dollars spending bill, he wants to uh, he wants to hire seventy five to eighty thousand seventy five to eighty thousand new IRS agents. Uh, boy, that that's going to they're going to have everybody's going to have an IRS agent in their house practically. Yeah. So this is this is some scary stuff. And incidentally, we are not making this up. But the one important provision of the bill is that at least it does deal with the issue of tree equity. Tree equity. Have you heard about that one? I have not. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's in there. Yes. Tree yes, equity. Tree. Yes. yes. We're talking about <laughs> As if diversity, it's, equity, it's and inclusion. Bob. <laughs> it's not there that you have more trees in your backyard than I have in my backyard. I did forget about that one. Yes, tree equity is one of the uh, one of the more important parts of this bill. Uh, Steve, last thing I, I want to ask you. You know, you're 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 an economic policy expert, but I'm asking you about the politics of this now. Um, what do you make of the fact that they are making this unprecedented pitch for this massive spending on all of these different areas we're talking about? They have a four-seat majority in the House. They have a zero-seat majority in a 50-50 Senate, and they're governing as if they have been handed some massive mandate and control by the, by, by the broader you know, United States population, as if they have said, we want you guys to run it all. For crying out loud, we're literally almost split. So instead of acting in a bipartisan nature, yeah. they are going more, you know, uh, outrageously extremist left than they've ever done before. You know, again, you make a really good point. Uh, the, the American people didn't sign up for this. We didn't vote for this. I know, you know, many people, uh, you know, listening to the show probably did vote, did vote for Joe Biden. A lot of people voted for Joe Biden because they didn't like Trump's you know, behavior. They like, Americans loved what he did for the economy. A lot of people didn't like his, you know, the, some of the things he said or the, the, the way he acted. And, you know, I worked for him. I, I, even sometimes he made my eyes roll, but I loved his Put America First agenda. And so remember during the campaign, Biden must have said about 10 times, I won the primary. Bernie Sanders didn't win. I did. Well, I think, we, you know, we've got Bernie Sanders in the White House. You look at the agenda, how is this different than the Bernie Sanders agenda? It's not. You're right. I mean, you know, and Bernie is an avowed socialist. He and AOC and others who are pushing for this. By the way, I also loved AOC's argument here. Look, this isn't $3.5 trillion next year. This is spread out over 10 years. So that's $350 yeah. billion a year. That's half of what we spent uh, on the Defense Department. Uh, so, so in other words, national security, which she said, literally yeah. said, we should cut all of that down so that we can afford to pay $350 billion a year to put kids in preschool, is the way that she was. And it's it. not 350 I just want to correct you on one thing. Stop, stop saying $3.5 trillion. I know that, that everyone does that. And Well, that's why know, I was quoting her. I know you talked about the $5, $5 trillion, but she, she literally said the 350 yeah. Yeah, and it just drives me crazy. They lie about the numbers in their own bill. But if you look at a chart over the last 25, 30, 40 years, what you're going to find is that our defense spending has been really relatively constant over the last 40 years. It went up after 9-11 and so on, but it's been pretty constant. And then you look at the curve, so that means it's kind of a straight line. Then you look at what's happened to the domestic spending, and it's just like a rocket ship, straight up. 
straight up. I'm surprised to see the straight line that you talk about because I was under the impression that it was up, like you said, after 9-11, that defense uh, spending dipped dramatically uh, under Obama. Uh, then, of course, it was raised back up under Trump. And now, of course, uh, with Joe Biden, it's, it's, it's on its way back down again. The Democrats always, the first thing they, they, they look to cut when they're trying to make more money or trying to, uh, to reallocate money is they cut defense. It's, it's just to, to clarify, as a, as a, in, in real dollars, just inflation-adjusted dollars, it's pretty flat. If you take it, look at it, you know, defense spending as a share of our GDP, it's been falling. Whereas that, all there the you go. That, that's social, what I mean. As a percentage of GDP. Yep, yep. Got it. Say more. It's probably, I think it's, don't quote me on this, but I believe I'm right. Uh, I believe defense spending as a share of our GDP is right now at a record low. Well, that's that's exactly what I'm talking about. That's yeah. exa- and, yeah. I, and it wouldn't be, and it wouldn't be. I, I don't believe if President Trump was sitting in the Oval Office, as he rightfully should be right now. That's that's exactly what I mean as a percentage of GDP. Steve Moore, economic advisor to President Trump. Thank you so much, Steve, for all of the uh, important information and insights. We appreciate it. Okay, have a great weekend. Take care. You my do the time. same. Thank you. Ten twenty three. Time out. We'll get a few calls in. How about that? I'm going to have some room for calls before the bottom of the hour. Right now, dial it up, 216-901-0945 on The Authority. Download the free WHK mobile app and listen to your favorite WHK programs or podcasts on the go. It's free in your app store. Okay, 1026, let's get a couple of phone calls in here before the bottom of the hour. We'll go to LaGrange and David, who's been standing by. David, thanks for your patience. You're on the air. Yes, Bob, about these mandatory vaccinations. I have a family member who's a federal employee, and he was told if he does not get the shot by 21st of May, he will be fired. And I have four other members. The 21st of May? I'm sorry, 21st of November. Okay, gotcha. And... I have four family members who are in the National Guard, and they were told if they do not get the vaccination by May 2022, they will be discharged. Now, another thing, too, I'm wondering why, you know, welfare recipients aren't required to get this vaccination. They are, their health care is being paid for by the taxpayers. Well, that's one of those, uh, one of those, you know, confounding situations where if you are a worker for a company that has a hundred or more employees, you have to get vaccinated and have some of your paycheck be taken away in taxes to feed and fund people who aren't working. And those people don't have to be vaccinated to take your check. <laughs> and it's like the Border Patrol. The, the illegal aliens who are coming across the border. Thanks for the call, my friend. The illegal aliens do not have to be vaccinated to come into this country and be given a free bus or plane ride into whatever part of the country they want to go. But the Border Patrol agents who are trying to stop them are going to get fired if they don't have the vaccine. Did you hear that? Did you see that? That's a reality. Border Patrol has to get vaccinated or lose their jobs, just like all of the other federal employees. It's insane. It's unconscionable. It's all of those things. Uh, Charlie and Westlake. Hey, Charlie, go ahead, sir. Hey Bob, thank you for taking the call on. Certainly, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm watching. You know how how the Congress they don't vote if if they don't have the votes they don't 
do the vote. And I'm looking at, they're going to get shellacked in 2022. They're just going to get crushed. And they know it. They see the, 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 the polls. And I'm looking, how are they going to get out of this? And they are not going to go through with a vote. They're going to figure out either it's Jim Crow or it's you know voter suppression or we cheated. And they're not going to even vote. They're, and this is my suggestion. They're, they know they're going to get crushed. They're not going to take it. They think this is their shot. And I'm afraid of what they're going to do in 2022. Well, uh, I, I, and thanks for the call, my friend. I, um, I want to believe that. Part of me does believe that, but part of me believes Peter Kersenow. Part of me believes Jim Jordan. Part of me believes, you know, many of the other guests that I've talked to and I've asked them. Do you think we'll have free and fair elections in the midterms of 2022? And the answer is almost unanimous. The answer is no. There is not a, a, a really strong unified belief that our problems that led to the theft of the 2022, uh, 2020 election, excuse me, uh, from Donald Trump, uh, that they will be worked out and rectified by, by 2022. Uh, history says they'll get shellacked, the Democrats will. History says that the Republicans will take over the House and the Senate and do so by a pretty strong majority, particularly on the House side. But history doesn't have, you know, universal mail-in balloting. History doesn't have ballot harvesting. History doesn't have unmanned and unattended drop-off boxes. History doesn't have all of the other things that they used to cheat, which is standard in a lot of Democrat-run states today. I almost said countries, but they're kind of almost countries all into themselves. But you understand the point. Thank you, my friend, for the phone call. We'll take a time out now for news. We'll come back and talk to Christina Hagen on AM 1420, The Answer. against the lies of the liberal media pandemic. The Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. You know, I love that little promo, that little intro there, keeping you vaccinated against the lies uh, uh, of of the left, the left pandemic. But you notice how we vaccinate you here voluntarily. If you don't want this shot, turn the radio off. Change stations, that's okay. Not forcing you in any way, shape, or form. That's the difference between people who believe in liberty and Democrats. 1036 as we continue on AM 1420, the answer time to bring in our good friend, Christina Hagan, former Ohio State representative, joining us with reaction to today's news as she does each and every Friday. Good morning, Christina. Good morning, Bob. Always good to talk to you. Thanks so much for the time. So, I just had Steve Moron, the former Trump economic advisor, and we were talking about the the bills. And you know, it's it's one thing to break down the insanity. He brought up tree equity. There's there's you know a, a couple dozen things that you can point to in this uh, three point five trillion dollar Democrat wish list that 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 you could call the most absurd. He he brought up tree equity. That's one of them. But aside from the massive spending and the waste contained therein. I want to ask you what I asked him about, just the political chutzpah that it takes to propose this type of massive generational uh, spending 
when you have a four-seat majority in a 435-member House and a zero-seat majority in a 100-member Senate, they're governing and acting as if they have some massive na- nationwide mandate to, to reform, reform and reshape this country. Uh, politically speaking, how do you react to that? Oh, they're completely unaware, out of touch, and acting as authoritarian government does. Uh, it doesn't really matter how thin their majority that majority is. Um, they act with more strength than our super majorities act in the state of Ohio alone. I mean, this is one of the most massive bills that we have seen in the history of this country. Uh, most audacious spending. I mean, we're talking about three point five trillion dollars, and then to have a president that stands behind a podium and says that uh, this is no new spending, $3.5 trillion. It costs us $0 to spend $3.5 trillion. I mean, they literally act like Americans don't have the sense to work a calculator, uh, that we are completely unaware, completely um, sheepish in nature, and are trusting and will rely on them to just provide this great government, one world order, and um, we should all just get in line and ask no questions. And the bill is completely disturbing on many fronts. Yeah, uh, it, it is. Like I said, and the fact that they think that they have, uh, you know, the, a, a mandate here. I mean, it blows my mind. They're all up for reelection. Obviously, the midterms are coming up in about uh, 13 months. And they're going to be held to account for what they do here. And it blows my mind that they are willing to go this far over the edge, you know, in terms of leftism, in terms of, quite frankly, socializing our economy, redistribution of wealth, taking more and more from uh, the corporations and from the job creators in this country. And then they're going to be shocked when those job creators ship their jobs overseas and start manufacturing in poor countries again, while Americans sit here on, uh, you know, on welfare and, and in the unemployment well, line. They're going to have to answer that shocked. in 13 months. They're, they're not going to be shocked because they don't plan on answering to anybody because they're moving so quickly and so intentionally to destroy this country that there won't be much to talk about because they will have achieved their goal. I mean, the way that they're allowing for illegal immigrants to enter this country at unprecedented rates, the way they're collapsing our health care system, the way they're penalizing private companies for their vaccinated or unvaccinated employees and mandating things that they have no authority to do. I mean, they're intentionally destroying the country. I was thinking about it this morning, and just to be an average person to even be able to grasp the magnitude of every arrow that's coming at our constitutional rights, our economy as a whole, everything that they've done so intentionally to destroy this country, it would be hard to imagine bouncing back from it. And we, you know, I think about, um, you know, when we talked about the flu vaccine years ago, and that was the big debate, or actually it wasn't the big debate, it was just kind of quietly happening, the smaller micro level of what we're seeing now of what's rolling out with the COVID vaccine. You know, it was the scientist's best guess of what was happening on the other side of the country and what would mutate here. And I kind of look at Australia, and we see the attacks of people's freedoms. They have completely um, taken away their second amendment, or not their second amendment rights, their gun rights. Um, and now they're a country that's being beaten into submission and crushed. And we think that that is different from what's unrolling here in what way. I mean, if we're not standing up right now in these, months that they still have control, the country's going to be gone. I mean, it's it's absolutely appalling and alarming on every front. And even this bill, um, I heard on Tucker, and, you know, again, a, a normal mom, I've got kids in school, I've got kids going to lessons, I'm working a full-time job, I'm trying to stay on top of things. And Tucker mentioned on page 168 of the 2,500 pages of this 
$3.5 trillion spending bill. They tucked in that a company with an unvaccinated worker will be fined $700,000 payable to the U.S. Treasury for each and every one of their workers that are unvaccinated. So essentially bankrupting all of America in taking those fines and putting them in the treasury. I mean, this is, this is insanity. I can't believe that this is real, the real world. This is our government. This is what's happening right before our eyes. And we should all wake up quickly before we have nothing to wake up to. You know, uh, you brought up Australia and it, and if this isn't a lesson for people in the United States, it should be. I used to love Australia. I used to think Australia is one of my bucket list places to go and visit. Uh, it has become a straight up Orwellian police state. That is what they are. People walk out of their homes to get a breath of fresh air and they're pounced on by police officers or military personnel who throw them to the ground and cuff them and take them away. Uh, because you because they sneezed on an elevator. That's another right. one. Nationwide manhunt for a guy who was caught on security cameras without a mask sneezing by himself in an elevator and he became public enemy number one. And, you know, one of their, um, one of their leaders, New South Wales Deputy Premier John Barillaro, I was just writing about this last night, so I have it in front of me, uh, Christina Hagen, uh, said the message to the unvaccinated is this. You will not achieve any further freedom unless you get vaccinated. There will be individuals in regional and rural New South Wales who choose not to be vaccinated who will lose their freedoms on the 11th of October. They've got it pinpointed down. On the 11th, you are no longer free. You are a prisoner of the state in whatever capacity they choose to make that happen. And as you just said, Christina, Christina Hagen, uh, in, in what way is this any different than the United States, the path that we're, we are on? We're only a few steps removed for, from it. Right. I mean, Mayor de Blasio is speaking very plainly about this. He talks about turning the minds of people when it becomes more practical for them. And when you think about that, what does that actually mean? Oh, also known as taking their jobs and crushing their livelihoods, making it impossible or impossible for them to live and purchase goods for their families to enter private businesses to exist making so that's when it becomes more practical for them to submit and take the vaccine and we see that every day in our own personal circles people that don't want it don't want it have a million reasons not to take it complex reasons not to take it yet they just feel that at this point they're just going to have to do it because their job counts on it they're living their life counts on it and i just i look at this and i think okay so then new york They've crushed their hospital system. Um, we're seeing across the entire country many healthcare workers losing their jobs that were just months ago heroes are now losing their jobs. They're now the enemy. And then United Airlines is firing employees left and right so that they can avoid billions of dollars in penalties from the federal government. And yet we're allowing people to come across our border infected with a multitude of diseases, including COVID-19. And they're not required to take a vaccine that we're firing people that were called heroes eight months ago for not receiving, yet they're medical professionals with the most expertise of anybody anywhere on why they would personally choose to take or deny having that specific shot being advised to them. And they're gutting our hospital system yet and flexing our need for more people to be cared for medically. And then they're saying, oh, don't worry, we're going to bring in the military. The military is now going to govern our hospital system illegally and also going to bring in, um, who else? Oh, maybe Philippines or whoever they can get to come in and work on a temporary status. What is happening in our country? 
Yeah, it, it's it is mind blowing. As is the, the ongoing situation, Christine Hagen, at our southern border. As our surrendering our sovereignty is nearly complete, uh, we just allowed some twenty or thirty thousand individuals uh, to come into the United States illegally. Uh, the um, Homeland Security Secretary uh, Alejandro Mayorkas admitted in a Senate hearing that, yes, uh, around ten to 12,000 of them have been... No, I beg your pardon. This wasn't in a Senate hearing. This is in an interview. Ten to 12,000 of them, they admitted, uh, have been released into the United States. When asked if there are more, he said, yes, probably more. Uh, so they can't account for about another ten to 12,000 of those. And now, Christina, we learned that there is a new caravan forming it's uh, around panama now we are told it's around 75 to 80,000 strong uh, about 80% of which are haitians and they're making their way into the central american countries and up to uh, mexico with the goal of course ending up in the united states if i'm president of the united states right now and i see that i am Hiring, you know, 500,000 workers to build as the, the rest of the wall as fast as can be humanly uh, possible before they get here. You cannot just allow 80,000 people to say, we're coming in and you can't stop us. Yet that's exactly what Joe Biden and Alejandro Mayorkas are going to do. They And, and Xavier Becerra, a Health and Human Services, these people are all literally saying this is what we're supposed to do as Americans, that we're not supposed to have a border. Mayorkas said that allowing humanitarian claims uh, um, for, for, for refuge is one of our proudest traditions. And so anybody who wants to can just cross that border, claim I need humanitarian relief, and be welcomed into this country. This, this chaos is all by design, all by intention, all welcomed by a government who wishes to destroy this amazing country. And, I mean, you mentioned the volume. You mentioned the intentional efforts of caravans. And even the Secretary of Homeland Security admitted, in the midst of what they're saying to all Americans, is a health crisis of epic proportions, a pandemic where, you know, COVID-19 is a complete and utter reason for locking down our private communities and forcing vaccinations. Yet the Secretary of Homeland Security admitted himself that 20% of illegal immigrants coming in have an unidentified illness when coming in, not just COVID-19. We don't even know the diseases and the things that are being introduced to our society. We do know that illegal immigrants are just being released without documentation or record of where they're going, and we know that they're utilizing our military to do it. So instead of having a defense at our border, um, we, or we there was a time where I remember talking to Tucker Carlson about how we could play offense, how we could have a reasonable immigration system in this country. That's a dream now. We can't even talk about a reasonable immigration system in this country because we are being steamrolled by those who wish to come to our country and are promoted to do so by our highest-ranking government leaders. This is an all-out full assault on Americans and Americans' way of life and our ability to even withstand what they're trying to do to this country. Yeah, um, and and that I think is the hardest thing to understand. You said you know they are doing it intentionally. They have a goal of destroying this this great country, and you wonder why would somebody want to destroy something so amazing that it allowed these people to rise to positions of prominence and power. But this is where we get into ideology here. And I know I, it sounds it sounds impossible for people of reason and common sense to to understand this, but they are not happy with just being prominent or and elite. They are not happy unless they are all powerful, and there isn't a 
addiction there. There's a narcissistic tendency that I think a lot of these people who are addicted to authoritarianism or totalitarianism have that the rest of us cannot, cannot understand. Their own personal power and glory that they have right now is not enough. It's not enough until it is complete and total. Uh, there are very few, few people, few world leaders who are essentially the worst, uh, in human history that have had that. And it seems like that is exactly who is running our country right now. And it's, it's, it's scary also because it's seemingly becoming popular. People are getting comfortable with the government stipends. People are getting comfortable with them calling these shots and dictating what happens. And people are awfully comfortable with hundreds of thousands of people that will be flooding this country's border um, and not really asking science-based questions or data-driven questions on how this makes sense for our economy, how this makes sense for our social fabric, how this makes sense for anything. Um, seemingly, many are very comfortable, and authoritarianism is becoming somewhat popular. You watch people cheer on um, these dictator speeches. It's, it's disturbing. I, I think people just truly don't understand what's around the corner if this persists. No, they really don't. Uh, and those of us who do, I guess that's where we come in. That's why I have you on, and that's why I know you do the work you do on social media until they ban you and suspend you, by the way, for any misinformation you may present, even if it is, of course, not misinformation. But uh, they have an agenda here, and they're going to silence us as quickly as they can because that's the best way to achieve the goals that we're talking about right now. So we'll continue the fight. Uh, I know you will as well. Christina Hagen, thank you so much for the time this morning. God bless, Bob. Thank you. 10.51, yeah, they're they're doing that, by the way. I, I, in case you don't know, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook have upped the ante. They have raised their game, their censorship game, their free speech suppression game. They are now banning anybody that presents anti-vaccine content. Not misinformation, just anything that challenges the the uh, the the statement of the government that the vaccines are safe and effective. If you point out anything that even questions that, you're gone. Free speech is in peril like never before. And that's why I cannot urge you strongly enough to become a member of Citizens for Free Speech. We are more effective when we have more numbers. That's how we influence policy at the local level, the state level, and at the federal level. We need more members. Please join Citizens for Free Speech. It's free. Citizensforfreespeech.org. We'll be right back. We can dance. We can dance. Everybody's taking the time. Yeah, they are uh, they are really really upping their their game. Like I said, they uh, they they're they're taking more drastic steps. The, the the suppression of our First Amendment rights is nearly complete in the online world, in the digital world. It's nearly complete. Google owned YouTube. That's right. If you didn't know that, Google is the parent company of YouTube. So if you have a YouTube account, if you use YouTube, you are contributing to Google's domination which is why I tell you never to use YouTube. I tell you to use Rumble. And I tell you not to use Google. I tell you to use DuckDuckGo. YouTube is banning any videos that claim any vaccine or uh, make any vaccine criticism. Any of them. 
whether it be the COVID-19 vaccines or any other vaccines that have been shown to cause problems or have terrible side effects on people, including autism in children, if you present anything like that that even remotely questions the effectiveness or the safety of vaccines, you're banned. Even though the FDA has, through the years, had to pull drugs that they approved off the market because it turns out they were harmful. If you try to display that harm on YouTube, they will ban you from YouTube. They don't want science. They want compliance. Holy cow, I just went Johnny Cochran and didn't plan to. I got to I got to I got to patent that. I got to get a, I got to get the, the 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 rights to that. They don't want science, they want compliance. There's a better way to say that. I'm going to figure it out and I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to patent that. I'm going to make a ton of money off it. I'm going to put it on T-shirts. No science, just compliance. There it is. That's what they want. Holy cow, I'm good. Uh, Tom in Medina, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Go ahead, Tom. I saw a video about a new Merck uh, uh, treatment for COVID. Did you see that? I did not. It It was just recently, and they're going for approval to start using it. And they claim it's not a preventative, it's a treatment, like when you get it when you go in, if you test positive. You might want to look into that. I will indeed. And I, I like, you really had three really good guests today. But what question did, um, is it Christina Hagen, what did she say? Like, what's behind all this evil things that are taking place in the country? Did she, do you, I, don't, I never... I can't get an answer. What's well, well, no, I mean, I, I think she, I kind of answered it for her and in conjunction with her at the very end of the, of the conversation. You know, it is, it is about, um, power and control for the sake of power and control. For a lot of people, it's about wealth. For a lot of people, it's about how much more can I make? How much more can I take? For other people, it is about just the, the, um, what's the word that I would use for that narcissistic tendency to have all power over all people at all times? There is a, there is a, uh, you know, like a dopamine that some people have with being in power over others. And uh, that, if I think, is what few few authoritarian or totalitarian leaders in the world have had. And I think we're seeing that on display here. So I don't know that Christina necessarily, I don't know if any of us has the real answer as to why they're doing what they're doing, but I truly believe that it is evil in its in, in its origin. And I believe it is a personal, a personal power that uh, that leads these people to to take these actions. Anything okay. else, Tom? Well, since you asked, can you look, look at what look at Sydney Powell's Dominion lawsuit versus Sydney Powell, and she's investigating those voting machines because she's involved in the in a lawsuit with that the Dominion guy. I, uh, I lost a lot of faith. I lo- Tom, thanks for the call. I lost a lot of faith in Sydney Powell uh, during that. Um, you know, during that. Uh, post-election period in which she claimed to have all of the proof that she needed and she was going to release the Kraken and she was going to undo the election and so on and so forth and then come to find out she was nowhere near nowhere anywhere she wasn't anywhere near close enough to uh to make those claims i'm not sure that i take a whole lot of what Sidney powell has to say anymore with a lot of uh, uh with a lot of conviction let's put it that way by the way, I did just look it up while we were talking, and I do see it Merck to seek emergency U.S. approval for oral COVID treatment. Maybe we'll talk about that on Monday's edition of The Authority. Until then, stay here. Gallagher's next. Stay here all day. Stay here all weekend. We'll see you Monday. Be safe, be well, be free. Enjoy Bye-bye. The 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.